You're listening to Mid-Atlantic Gravel, Travel, and Dirt. Hi, everybody. I'm Brian. And I am Wes. Oh, you're Joey. <laughs> and I am Jess. <laughs> you got confused there for a minute. I did. You didn't know I, what to I say. took a pause because Joey threw me all off. <laughs> this is episode 158 of Mid-Atlantic Gravel, Travel, and Dirt. Come on along, everybody. Spend the next hour or so with us talking about gravel bikes, adventure biking, bike packing, bike camping, racing bikes, or just playing bikes. You always change that to trikes, don't you? <laughs> you I didn't try- change anything. Oh, okay, because in the show notes, it actually, my little intro piece, it always says just playing trikes and not bikes, and I always change it back, but maybe I change it back, Mm, I don't know. mm, mm, mm. So joining us a little later in this show is Kelly Catali from Kel Cat Racing. Kelly is a professional racer focused primarily on cross-country mountain biking, and she also dabbles in gravel and cyclocross events. Uh, Kelly and her team are committed to mental health advocacy and ending the mental health stigma in our society. In addition, she is also very passionate about promoting and growing the sport of cycling, cycling, particularly women's cycling. So I'm excited about having Kelly on the podcast. We've been back and forth with her, I think, since like the end of last year, trying to figure out the right time to get her on the podcast to talk about what she's got going on. So I'm pretty excited about that. It is really good to be back from Florida. You guys know I was in Florida you for a few days. You brought the Florida weather with you today. It was gorgeous. I, I always do. It was gorgeous. I bring a little bit back with you. But you know what the best part of this little quick, quick trip to Florida was? The very best part of you this saw trip. saw a crocodile? No. Getting the first opportunity to wear my pack cutaway oh, USA bright yellow kit. Oh. I had not wanted to wear that on the trainer. So this was the first time because I went down there and I actually rode outdoors. So I took my cutaway bright yellow pack GT or pack kit and put it on and I actually got to wear it. Now, I, I have to say, we've talked a lot about cutaway and yeah. the cargo bibs and I have seen them and I've held them in my hands. But this is the first time I've actually worn them on the bike and they really do live up to the hype. Honestly, they are very comfortable and um, fit in all the right places the right way. Is that is that? And these weren't even the cargo bibs that we're doing. The ones that you did for the shop are not yeah. the cargo bibs, right? Correct. They do not have the little side pockets. So um, if you don't know, Cutaway USA offers premium cycling apparel born where? Where, guys? Where's the Blue Ridge Blue- Mountains. <laughs> like, I'm the teacher you now. You almost did that, like, four reading style. I listened to that six times yesterday, so yes. Cutaway is an industry leader using innovative fabrics combined with clean, bold designs. Make sure to visit their website at cutawayusa.com to see all of their jerseys, bibs, neck gaiters, and other cycling apparel and gear. And when you reach the checkout, use the code GTD, all caps, G. D20 to take 20% off your entire order. That is an offer. That is a special discount just for our listeners. Once again, the website is cutawayusa.com. There we go. Beautiful. Thank you. Like you've done that before. I know. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> Jess, yeah. Jess is using a new mic position tonight, so it's going to be a little Because awkward. supposedly I'm too loud. You're not too loud. You're Jersey we're just, loud. We're just trying to find the right 
place and it's a new mic and a new board. We're still kind of working through all the, the growing the new, pains of the that. And, and we're going to get there. Uh, what is everybody drinking tonight? I got me a Memphis Mule or whatever you want, Kentucky Mule. Oh, Kentucky Mule? What is that? Kentucky Mule. It's Maker's with ginger beer, a lot of lime, and ice with a little salt. Huh. It's delicious. Good. Now, Memphis Mule is the best mule I've ever had when we were in Memphis. They used some local... Uh, the Peabody. They used some local uh, bourbon whiskey. Uh-huh. It was... Can't replicate it at all. It was... I could have put it in a camelback and drank it around town. <laughs> Man, I'll be glad when Croatan is done so I can... Because that sounds That's really not good. an excuse. This sweetheart, isn't beer. Sweetheart. What? I don't think a beer is... This is not even beer. We're here talking with a mental health advocate, and you need to be able to not cut off food groups in Sizzle. order... <gasps> high five. Burn. In order, because that's considered a eating disorder. Yeah. No, I just... I'm trying to be careful with my calorie intake, and I know that exactly. beer, beer is Joey, empty we calories? calories. We don't count so. calories. Beer is empty calories. I ate a bag of peanut M&M's today. Nice. I, I, I ate... Five hard crunchy tacos. <laughs> if you saw what I ate during the course of a day, you would know that I really don't. Yeah. Have. All right. Also, yes, beer. If you are, packs a punch. If you go straight alcohol, you're good. Yeah, it's that's healthy. Can you? <laughs> no, no, no. There's, there is no such thing as healthy food and non healthy. No, food. we're going. You learn that in eating disorder camp. We're like, going. We do this, learn this. We're going way down a rabbit hole. I don't want to yeah, go down. Well, outside. I'm having a nice meal. I have got, I'm going to got a lot of stuff to talk about tonight because you I have a lot got. of Florida adventures to share with you guys. I haven't. Florida I haven't, man, yeah. have you made some headline down there? I have, no. So I did send you one picture and I send Joey pictures and I don't get any response. I hope he sees them. Some he part. does. He does? Okay. He's like, I, I even have to like respond back to Joey's family. Like Joey... Joey has seen this and heard it, and he he is fine. Like, okay, you know. Well, I sent you the picture of the outdoor hotel rooms, and I know that is. A oh thing. yeah, that's a bugaboo of mine. Yep, and then I've discovered one additional new thing that is very dangerous: is the connecting door between rooms. That is also you now know the people next door to you. No, the giant red flag. The doors are locked, but I mean, it's like just a door. And it, it feels like uh, it's like there's some sounds that bounce through that, if you know what I mean. Yes. So we had some very loud a, neighbors. Yeah. All right. So you didn't listen, like no, no. Well, I got a couple rules. I tell my employees that's one of you know, don't date until you're 25. Mm-hmm. Don't stay with hotels with doors on the outside, and now also doors on the inside because that's well, usually hotels with doors on the outside have doors well, on the inside. But here's here's the thing there's is a, it's I, a whole I had, domino effect. We were in Florida for I think five nights and I didn't pay for a hotel room because it was all Best Western points. So I didn't I just, I just used Best Western points. And so I had to stay at a Best Western. And we were visiting my daughter so we had to kind of be close to where she was. So I really didn't have a whole lot of choice in the hotel. So we got one it was it was very loud but that that's one thing. But when about 11:30 the stinky weed smell starts coming underneath the door, oh, it was was it, it loud? It was loud and stinky. Loud and stinky. And I don't know what it is with Florida, but that set the tone for the entire time we were oh, there. I kept getting texts from Brian. I'm like, just go smoke some with him. I'm like, just chill out. He's like, no, it's the gross guy. I'm like, it, take they, some edibles. They, they need, somebody needs to introduce the idea of edibles to Florida because everywhere we went from that, it set the tone for the entire time we were there. We walked into breakfast and sat down in this little breakfast restaurant and these guys walked in after us and it was like, you got hit with weed stink and it's just, I, I don't know. There's a it difference. helps with mental health. 
I did the, none of this looked like it was had anything to do with mental health. <laughs> I also live with Joey, who's loud and stinky. <laughs> Sorry, but honey. I we think, only fight on one, Tuesdays. Well, it's Wednesday. I, I think everywhere we went, like New Smyrna, the hotel there, there were people outside. I don't, I don't know what it is with this trip. I've never experienced that before, but there was just a lot of stinky weed. Did you and, guys tell the hotel manager? Well, no, because oh, I went to the hotel. God. I went to the hotel. No, no, we we did actually change rooms the next night at the first hotel, and then when we were over in New because Smyrna, because of the I, devil's lettuce. No, because of the noise. Really, was it, it was, noise like twenty toes or like no, they were just partying? It was partying noise. Oh. So, which is a little I love different. How he says twenty toes. <laughs> the tippity taps. You know, I know what he's talking about. You ever gone twenty toes? No. <laughs> no, I know. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Twenty toes. We know. We we get the reference. <laughs> Do you get the reference? She's over here. Literally, I think there's there's snot coming out of her ears. Over here. <laughs> so um, we went to New Smyrna and I actually got a lecture. I don't know what happens in this hotel in New Smyrna Beach, but I had to have the entire back terms and conditions. All of the statements read to me and, and pauses between them. And the one that really got me was, she actually was the front desk clerk behind the glass was reading along on the little thing. And she says, she, she pointed to the one and she says, this hotel staff will help you with anything you need as long as it is not illegal or immoral. And she pauses and looks up at me like, I, do I have the look of somebody that I, I was, well, maybe I do with the no teeth. I don't know. It just struck me as really odd. So I asked her, I said, you won't help me with a little light espionage? (laughs) Deadpan. Nothing. Nothing. Just kind of like what I'm getting from Joey right now. I I thought it was kind of No, I was thinking um, I was in the books, the book vinyl store today, and this guy comes in, and I'm looking at a book, and he wants to do store. You can sell books and stuff. And she's like, do you have a store credit name? And he's like, does something like Jason Bourne or like, and then she. He's like, oh, I thought that'd be funnier. He's like, oh no, I got it. And then she's like, last time you said you were like Captain America or something. She's like, he's like, oh, I got to come up with better jokes. <laughs> well, I don't. I just I, watched the guy just crumble. I don't. I don't know what <laughs> oh in the God. world has That's happened great. at that hotel. They're required to read that particular clause and then pause to make sure that you've understood that they will help you with whatever you need as long as it is not classified as illegal or immoral. I just. It struck me as odd. It struck me as funny. I guess it's just me. Um, I don't know. Anyway, I did take a bike. I took my work in. I saw. I got you to did ride. send me those pictures. I got I to ride. Respond. I did uh, 50-some-odd miles. We had one really nice day. It was like 80 degrees. You day. got a popka? Yeah, I did. Did you, did you? There's a great YouTube video on that. To like, Yeah, I do through how to ride there. It's on uh, the GTD yeah. YouTube channel, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I see you should. That's if you old. haven't checked it out yet, you should check it out. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Yeah. I, yeah, I go back, back there every time. It's it's really nice. It's it's definitely straight up hero gravel. And the Warrican. Oh, so, you were down. You weren't joking about going to that Miami race. You, like, you weren't far away. No, I wasn't far away. I actually really thought about doing that. Yeah. If, if it had worked out to have another a day or two to actually sneak down to Miami for Miami gravel or gravel Miami or whatever it was. Um, I looked at the course for that. and It really yeah, nice. looks kind of cool. Cynthia Fraser destroyed Allison Tietrich. Did she really? Miss, Miss Gravista, yeah. Ah. So I told Jess, like, oh, I just want Tietrich to lose did to, you, to did, someone like Cynthia. Did you look at the results? Yeah. I, I Tietrich came in third and Cynthia came in second. It's all I just wanted Tietrich to lose. That was a, a two lap. And if she listens to that and wants to call and complain, sure, you would love that. 
I, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. Who Maybe finished Maybe Bride will read the terms of the agreement on the podcast <laughs> to her. <laughs> what? What? Uh, who finished second? Do you know? Cynthia Fraser. Oh, you the one who won. I thought you said. Oh, I don't care. It did. Saw Cynthia beat Allison. So. <laughs> That's all that matters. So I did. I did a nice fifty mile. I was trying to get some metric out of it, but I just couldn't figure out a way. I, when you don't like live in a place like that, and Florida's kind of weird with their driving, and I don't really like to jump out on the road. So I was trying they're to stay driving on the trails. No, they're, they're, the the cars. You don't. You know, I, I, when I'm riding, I don't like to jump out into the car traffic because I don't really know the roads you know you get a feel for the roads and florida's so weird with their drivers yeah that i was trying to figure out a way to get a metric on the trail systems and i, I just couldn't figure it out i i got close um and then i kind of ran out of time but i did go over to apopka and saw some alligators probably took like 20 25 alligators big Dang. alligators six seven eight foot alligators you could ride your bike right next to them on you the little trail. get to bring some alligator meat back we yeah. actually had some gator bites i like gator bites they're yeah. delicious um, I think if you told her they weren't gator and chicken, she would love them. So, I've had gator bites before, Joey. It's, it's, it's like the best piece of a chicken. I, Just like snakehead, too. I like it. I, I think gator bites are good. And we had some that were um, real tender. Sometimes they're tough. Sometimes they're super tough. And that was not what we had this time around. So, anyway... Joey, what's going on in your world? Anything you need to catch us on? Um, I don't have uh, loud outdoor neighbors. I don't have stinky weed. I have bizarre talking. I don't know. I'm just kidding. I'm just reading yours. Um, it smells like weed all the time around here. We have loud neighbors. We have quiet neighbors. Um, although I was driving down 95 the other day, and I there was a skunk, but I'm like, oh, my. But it was early, and I'm like, who's smoking this much weed? <laughs> Speaking of your marijuana. Um, no, I was, It's it's been... It's been quite eventful. Usually, like February, January, February is slow months, and it's not like we're not making millions of dollars. But like, I run out of time every day at work, mm. and then like tonight, I'm not going to do work at home because we're doing this, and then Boba Fett's on or some YouTube thing. But um, so no, I mean it's February. It's been warm the last few days. Mm-hmm. I brought it back. It was sunshine. It's going to be nice, like sixty. I'm off. I was, um, I was going to go to West Virginia with Marcus, um, doing some four wheeling. Just, just as an no, it's. I don't want to leave Jess alone, so yeah, we're uh, we're staying home, but we're getting blessed with nice weather. So I think I'm going to keep my three days off. I took. I so, might work Friday because that's she's not home. I'll take Blake. I got stuff to do at work. I think through Saturday is supposed to be nice. Yeah, Saturday we're going to go probably hike again. We hiked last weekend. Uh, we went on some walks. Blake pulled me for four yeah, miles I walked. through nature. Uh, <laughs> you went on a nature pull. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like the Iditarod. <laughs> um, so that was fun, and then. I just realized how many days in a row I've worked, but I did have one day off last week because um, I drew. I left at four thirty in the morning and went to Charlottesville, no mm-hmm. Wilmington area, sorry, and then turned right around and came back up the same day. You went and picked up boats. Yeah, I got back a little after five, almost six. How many boats you bring back? I think twenty. Right. I accepted twenty on Friday too. They did a delivery from the other facility, which is the those boats are too big for my truck and trailer, as far as being able to put twenty in there. Right. So I paid shipping on those. Um, because I don't like paying shipping. It's a couple thousand dollars for a truckload of boats. So like oh. when I go, like that was probably a twenty five hundred dollar load I did, and I spent about three hundred bucks in gas. So you can save that, and, and and I can. There is my time I'm using. There is the truck. You know, I could have blown yeah. something up on the truck and trailer, and it could have cost that much. But that's going to happen either way. But I'm not worried about them getting damaged. Um, yeah. It's you know, it's not bad. It's somewhat peaceful, other than like it was pouring rain the whole time. What day did you go? Monday. 
Yeah. It, the yeah. weather looked clear, and then like after the first hour, it just it dumped the That's whole miserable. way. That's miserable. And I don't drive 75, 80 with a trailer on 95. It's no. 60. No. So six and a half hours each way. Yeah. Plus an hour of load time. Yeah, that's um, it's a big day. But it was good. We got them. You know, we're starting to get phone calls because you get this warm, this warm itch, and either like it's like bikes either fall behind because you didn't get them, or you like you you wait till it does actually warm up, and then people mm-hmm. already have them. So I'm trying to be the shop this year that has like 60 boats in stock already, so you can catch some of those late uh, late comers looking for early those. comers or or late. Yeah, or the late. people the people that. Yeah, it's surprisingly yeah, it's all it. the fishermen, um, yeah. all the kayak fishermen. There's people I have waiting in line. I have ex- their names on Excel sheets because they're trying to rig them up. Yep. Yeah, you want to get them ready. Yeah. You, so when mid March hits, you can. Uh, yeah. Hit the water. There's a guy that wants to buy my Titan because he lives over here, and it's like, I, I mean, it basically, I would put another Titan in the same spot for the, <laughs> get a new boat for like <laughs> a spend a dime. He's like, ah, you know, he basically wants it to take someone's space on their dock right now. I'm like, okay. Okay. Um, That's a big enough boat to do that. Yeah. So, people like people are hunting down kayaks, which is good. Yeah. But no, that's about it. Like we did some uh, some hiking, uh, you know, nature walking. I don't, I don't know if there's any how you kind of walking is. Well, I don't know. Um, and then I re- I got a ride home from work, the whopping mile and a half yesterday. Saw the truck because I here. Um, it was fun. It was the weather was warm, and then just got Blake, and I had the work truck, and then the way we shuttled, I didn't want I didn't leave my car at work, so I just. Took my bike to work and rode nice. out. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And the work truck's there. The car's here. And it was so peaceful. It was so pretty. It was like, the uh, I posted a picture. The sunset was our jersey yesterday mm. using the bridge as the mountains. It was nice. beautiful. So what about bikes? Are bikes coming in for spring or? Yeah. Well, we've, we've always been doing pretty good on bikes. Yeah. You know, we're, the gravel bikes have been lacking from everyone a little bit because of um, just parts. Your rental bike shop? Oh, guess what? Guess what? Uh, I think they're either College Parker on the way, some of the Jameses. Yeah. Guess what we got allocated today? What? All of our diverge frames. Oh, really? <laughs> and I think I think we just didn't accept it. We were like, we just everyone that we had in mind for them has we've they've we all we've all gotten them other bikes of some sort, whether it's from us or another shop. So I think we declined them all. There's like we'd rather spend. It's like it's a lot of money. Our cost, where I think we just invested all that into a bunch of. Mid-range Konas instead. That was basically we started talking about that a, a year lot, ago. Yeah. It was like it was probably over. A so year that email ago. showed up. We get that like three thirty every morning. It comes through of like our allocations for the day, and it was all the diverge frames. Well, did would it have still like when you would have accepted that? Would it have still like you would have gotten an email a day later and be like, ah, oh, no, psych. No, no. <laughs> you, once the allocations come through, you're pretty set. You're set. All like right. we we got a lot of nice bikes today. We got some of the Athos with the new Altegra the 12 speed and some other bikes like that and then some e-bikes but we took everything we we're going to use on the diverge frames and just i think paul had ordered a lot of more konas yeah. that are in stock yeah uh, i want more konas in the store and we'll the more you have you'll actually get the name uh, on i think it's really smart sell. of you to, what so, about what about um Otso? you ever hear back from those guys i did actually so yeah. we're on a short list uh for the next round of inventory making sure i understand making sure their current dealers are taken care of and then i think springtime they're looking at a couple shops, and we're, hopefully we're on that list after talking to the lady. Cool, cool. Yeah, it was That'd like a job nice. interview, and I was like, you know, Nate. Nate said you said. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, did you did you drop that? You know, you already had one Otso that was no. Well, okay. I don't know, I don't know what. Just trying to help. I Jess? had to give my business info. I don't, Jess, what's going on in your world? No, I I wrote a whole bio about you. It's three pages. <laughs> no, I did say I did send a customer up to Hush Money and. 
Nice. So yeah. She's like, well, why didn't you sell them one of yours? I said, I didn't have any. Uh, yeah. How were you supposed to sell a bike? And then we had? argued, and then she basically threw out our dealership hat. Oh, well, well. That's all. All because I had one customer with one already. Jessica. Hello. What's going on, Peachy? Hey. <laughs> My shirt says keep it peachy because it's from Shammy Butter. Um, Which you are a sponsored athlete. Ambassador. Uh-huh. Ambassador. Ambassador. Yeah. Um, I didn't get the hat, but that's okay. Um uh, teacher of the year application is due on Friday. Saturday at midnight. Saturday but, at midnight. But our deadline is Friday. So our deadline is Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, we so we got a week turnaround of that. So it was very 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 tight on getting lesson plans in this week, doing my normal planning, everything else, and then doing um, radio inter not a radio interview like a radio video Gaga. interview. Um, so that's, will be done on Friday, which I'm very excited about. So when Blake gets me up at three 30, it hasn't been writing. It's been doing my teacher of the year application. Um, so by how, Friday, how does that process work? So like you got it to the, your school. Correct. And now because you, you got that for your school, accolade. then you go to the district level. Okay. So, gotcha. um, county or district county, county. well, county and district. It's the same, same in thing. Maryland. Okay. Um, but Joey and I get to go to a dinner on the Holiday Inn. Ooh, I've written the tux and I'm just yelling bing bong at everyone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that will be interesting. Yeah. Uh, so that is to uh, Friday and I'm excited to have it done and over with so that I can get back on my bike. It's just been too much with doing too many sure. things in multiple places. Sure. Um, so... Yeah, last time I rode my bike was Sunday. Uh, I got a nice hour and a half bike in on Saturday. Um, so yeah, that's where good. Do, where do you stand with the treadmill, Joey? Um, Joey is very supportive, as you can tell. He paused because he wanted to say that mentally I was in a tough spot this week, um, and you know it's really hard when Joey goes away. Um, so even just for a day, yeah. Um, I handled it for a day pretty well. Monday, yeah, you did good Monday. Um, Monday night was a different. Yeah, you know, we had, we, had, we had our ups and downs. So we just try to stay the course and try to be as consistent as possible, um, and that really does help. So I, I do like to be here to take care of her. Sure, Absolutely. if she needs me. Absolutely. But um, I was talking about something and now I forgot. Sorry. Teacher of the year. Uh, yeah. So and you're going uh, to the dinner at the holiday. Oh yeah, event. Joey's yeah. wearing a tux. Bing bong. Yeah, Are that, you really going right. to wear a tux? No, no. God, but no. I do have a nice jacket. I have like one nice jacket that I'm so proud I bought. Should, I have, meanwhile, I, I have no idea what I'm wearing. I basically I had to buy it because of our bougie like, family. Here's Joey, like I'm going to wear my jeans. Like he's planning his dinner attire. It's oh, like I'm not wearing jeans. You should have the tails. Oh with, Lord. with shorts. That would be super. I'm gonna cool. dress like Dwight at a uh, wedding. Oh. I like the I like the Bing Bong. I like what. Remember Dwight when he was the at uh, Shroot Farms and had. The, That's what I mean. He had like the little. Oh, little, with the, the trumpet, tails. and he's like doing yeah. the call outs. Yes. Or, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I like that. I, I did think about renting a really nice suit or tux because I think it'd be classy. No, Joey. Good. I do, I have. Now. I only have one nice jacket. Well. Joey, it's like at the Holiday Inn. It's like a like. Okay, my wife is Teacher of the Year. Oh my god! I, lo- I, I look like a hobo, so I got to get my haircut. Like, gonna, I look presentable. Are you going to like trim god. the beard up and make it nice and oh neat god no and tidy? My hair though, yeah, yeah. Get everything like I tight. keep my no. When I put beard oil and beard uh, stuff in, like uh-huh. it, it shapes up nice. Now it's at the end of the day, and I played with it all day. Oh my <laughs> it does. It goes all over the place this time of night. It's like I know, and yeah. it twirls it. So this like little yeah, yeah. it's like spot a hangs out. Uh, um, spinner. But um, yeah, I'm excited for it to be done. Um, Good. And yeah, 
Joey's going to the dinner, which yeah. he's planning his attire for. Where do we send the money so that you get to 738 award? Belfield oh, Road. Yeah, no, <laughs> Uh, um, there's 44 other like teachers in our district, so well, 43 other losers <laughs> out there, aren't there? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joey. What about hats? Where are hats? Hats um, on our heads. Actually, I got texted them today because um, they told me a few weeks. It's been a few weeks since I paid, so Ooh. I'll give it a couple days. Okay. I will text them today. Can you ask them to send a picture? Because I've been wanting to put a picture. I know everyone's been asking. It's like it's just a surprise. Okay. Um, Some things are better left, like... Yeah, the one thing I do want to blast, I wish we would have done this earlier, I'm leaving the the cutaway stores back open. I had three or four people, maybe five, um, tell me they missed the store. So We're going to keep it up until Friday night. But but when we shut it off, like it is 100% submitted this time. When you shut it down, you shut down. Because Chinese New Year's going on, we got to get ourselves... We ran into that last year, didn't we? Um, Yeah. Um, Sorry, I don't mean to interject, but um, I am going to interject. No, you're good. Thank you. I know I am. Um, Anyway, so um, Garmin Worlds. Mm -hmm. Nobody responded back to my text when I sent them. Garmin Gravel Worlds. Garmin Gravel Worlds, because they just got picked up by Garmin, is going to donate a dollar for every mile I run slash ride at Garmin Gravel Worlds. Okay, so that to was St. Jude. So, so you actually did hear back from. I like they actually got a confirmation, but nice. We are waiting because I can't miss the first day of school. Yeah, oh, that's tough. Yeah. So, like, people are like, I was just on this group, and I people are like, we need to know the first day of school. We usually we don't we know around this time, mm-hmm. but it has never been this late that we haven't known. So I'm no. just waiting for all the places, all the places to be in the all of the stars all the to align, to align. Yes, all the so, ducks to get in their row. Exactly. And, but okay. um, Joey's trigger is the Peloton treadmill. I, he doesn't like when I talk about it. We're not talking about. We that. are not talking Let's about not it. Talk but about the it. the. The tree red mill. Um, we will need it for Garmin World. So, well, because last time I checked, it was a bike event. Well, uh, no, it's no, because I would do the fifty k the day before oh, and I, then I'm do re- the hundred. So I'm reading our cutaway yeah. list. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Yeah, it's uh, it's both, it's both. Joey. So she can she can run the day before exactly. and then ride the day after to raise more money, and then maybe we could get some listeners to yeah. match. Yeah. Just saying. some of that. That would be. I know a, it'd be cool. Okay, well let's. We're, I'm ready, we're, but we're, I need the stars to align. I need the. We, the we'll calendar. hit pause. We're hitting pause okay. on that. We're just hitting pause. All right, pause. Cut away. The stores up oh, until Friday. No, I need to get this out there because people Cutaway. are stores open. Um, the stores open, but Thanks, we're not going to run this probably till the fall again, unless and, there's like a hot demand for the summer. And and remember, the GTD twenty discount code does not, does work, not work on, on the GTD. It's our store versus That's a cutaway store. Our store. We're cutaway supporting. But yes, I would say Friday, um, I want to say 6 o'clock. I got to give that one a hard cut off because I got to tell Philip the time. So Friday at 6 o'clock. The link is still in our bio. I'll have Brian blasted again. Um, I got rid of my Facebook app, but I think I have my business app. Cool. Instagram, it'll go out. Um, but we need to get to... Um, what is Strava that Club. Strava, Strava Club. Club. All right, Strava Club. Top 100 rider shout outs. We got Jimmy Buffett from... No. <laughs> oh, my goodness. John, actually, I, I, I uh, scored a Jimmy Buffett final on the store today. Did you really? Yeah, an original. Uh, wow. for, it's, yeah. They say vinyl's coming back, Joe. It is. I bought oh, a new vinyl player already. Vinyl's not coming back. Vinyl is back. Yeah. Yeah. It's back heavy. All right, John Gray from Chesapeake, Virginia, with those those uh, Iron Mountains down there with 167.5. <laughs> Great job, John. Ben Christie from... 
Montclair, Virginia with 112.8. And Ann Schroll from Chatham, Illinois with 186.3. That name sounds familiar. I think she's an Instagram follower. Lance mm-hmm. Stroll is a Formula One driver. Uh, to break into the top 100, you needed 105.9 miles. We are at 808 from 807. We are approximately 178, no, 188 away from Brian having a mustache. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, you don't want to see that com forward slash gravel travel sports. Strava.com forward slash club forward slash gravel travel dirt. Is that what we decided? A thousand. Oh, I listened to club? three episodes two times yesterday at two times speed to get the, to, to oh, actually yes, lock was that there. down. Yeah. So it's a thousand by members in the Strava club by April 1st. Yep. I'll shave and do a mustache too. But that okay. picture you sent us was a filter. Oh yeah. 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 yeah I could never grow a mustachio that thick, that full, that, and that attractive, that fast. Oh, you'd it's, be very attractive. It's literally going to take me, Probably six months to somebody to be like, oh look, he's got a mustache. <laughs> it's like, don't doubt yourself. I, I just don't think I'm gonna be able to pull it off. But I'm willing to try. But we got to get the numbers. I'm not. I'm not doing this. I'm gonna start paying for advertisement everywhere. You can do that. That's fine. <laughs> so I'm gonna make. You, a, I'm gonna make like a hundred fake accounts. You would shave your beard and just have the mustache. Is that is that the deal? I did it around that time last year anyway. Yeah, okay. He, he would shave the beard and just I have the mustache. Because I screwed up and then I went to fish camp with just a mustache, which is great for a bunch of trout guys. Okay. And, and gravel I, cycle oh people. Can I can I get and creative? Your, can your I get creative? local best best western doors on the outside adult <laughs> photo shoot? It all ties together. Can I get creative with the mustache? Like you can't do a Pete Gisner mustache. I'll tell you that. No, no, not no. I don't think I could ever do that. Like the, you're talking about, like the little little twirly things. Uh, Pete knows how to do mustache. No, but I, I I do like a little like. No, you're not Hollywood Hogan. I don't know. Hogan. I just, just want to do something different. Uh, Joey, but, you're okay. very talkative today. Well, he's, it's, it's he's, the mule. It's the mule. Speaking. <laughs> I'm actually pretty exhausted. It's been a long week the, already. The mule, sorry, I haven't been letting him sleep too much. <laughs> the, the mule has kicked in. <laughs> All right, y'all. Joining us now is Kelly Catali from Kelcat Racing. Welcome to the show, Kelly. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. It's great to have you here. We've we've been talking about this for what, like six, eight weeks now, trying to figure out the right time, and I'm glad it worked out. Me too. You're our first racer slash competitive rider we've ever yeah interviewed. Yeah. yeah, we've had a lot of event directors, but I don't think we've ever had a racer. I'm really flattered to hold that accolade. Yeah. Thank you. So I want to give you a quick opportunity, Kelly, to to just take a minute and introduce yourself to our listeners. Sure. Um, gosh, I hate talking about myself, but let's do it. Go. So I You got am, it, girlfriend. You got it. <laughs> I am a professional off-road cyclist that specializes in marathon mountain biking and gravel. So those are my two primary disciplines. And in addition to that, I also have a degree in biomedical engineering, and I'm an engineering program manager at a medical technology, medical device consulting company in New Hampshire. So kind of two-part person. I also wear a lot of other hats, but those are my primary two. I guess I'd be remiss not to say that I'm also a wife and a sister and a daughter and all these other things too in my life. That's cool. You're a twin, right? I I picked that up. I I am. Yeah. Yes. I have an identical twin sister and our birthday is, is coming up pretty soon. Cool. Happy birthday. Yeah. Thank you. Um, how long have you considered or have you thought about riding bikes as being an important part of your life? It's a good question. Um, well, competition 
has been an important part of my life for many, many years prior to cycling. And I started bike racing in, uh, I raced road in college. I went to Bucknell University and joined their cycling club. And I started racing in 2013. So that's nine years, I think. So I'd say nine years. It's been an important part of my life. So on your on your website, and I did a, a little bit of website stalking today. Um, I, I was going through your website's really pretty cool. I I I I did a deep dive into it. I was um, sitting writing show notes today. But on your website, you break down like your path between life, what you called BCE before cycling at an elite level, and CE cycling at an elite level. Um, and it was just, I, I really found it a fascinating read. And, and I really want to thank you for sharing the details of that, that whole journey. Cause it was just, it was really kind of cool to get inside the mind of somebody that had, had made that transition. Um, and you've, you've pursued just about every endurance sport there is out there. And you very wisely, in my opinion, sorry, Jess, transitioned <laughs> away from running to cycling <laughs> just as a runner so how did how did that happen how did that transition yes, let us place? know because <laughs> <laughs> joey wants to know how to get Jess. <laughs> i would not recommend the path that that brought me to cycling um, and here's why so i was a runner i i played pretty much every sport you could imagine growing up and found my home in running in middle school and then into high school. And then I actually ran for Bucknell University for a grand total of maybe two months. And mm. during that time had a rough time with, I would say, sort of disordered eating and, you know, all the pressures that are on female athletes in college trying to make a name for themselves. And I ended up breaking my femur in the middle of a running workout. So I was doing it, it was just a tempo workout and um, ended up almost breaking it all the way through oh. right above my knee. So almost a complete break, clean through. And then there was a crack of the entire shaft of the femur. Oh. And yeah, and I was out for a year after that. So I, I could not run. I couldn't even walk for months. And uh, it was so bad. They thought I had bone cancer, which is crazy. And ended up just feeling like my body kind of betrayed me and I could not trust myself to run competitively after that. So I could run a little bit, but my heart and soul weren't in it. And I tried to find another sport where I could just be free again and found a home uh, in the Bucknell cycling club. They kind of welcomed me in with open arms and they were goofy and fun. And that's really how the transition happened was leaving running because of injury. So, Jess, I hope that's not, that does not happen to you. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. <laughs> we, let's not go there. We're not. We're not we, we, I, I got the knee issues. Yeah, we we joke about that, but we're not. We're not going to yeah. go there. We're not going to. No, <laughs> that had to have been. A, a, I want to pick at that just a little bit. That had to have been sure. really, really tough to go from, um, you know, the type of person that is always active and that endurance mindset to probably at least for the very first period of that injury having to kind of sit still, so to speak. It was really challenging. And I'm the kind of person where at least up until recently, I've let the things I do become who I am. So I mm -hmm. am Kelly. I was Kelly, the runner. Right. And then all of a sudden that became no longer true. And I kind of lost who I was. And at the same time I was, 
away from home for the first time for an extended period of time. I was a homebody and was in the middle of Pennsylvania. I grew up in New Hampshire. Uh, I didn't have a car. You know, I was this lonely freshman who was homesick and ended up watching a lot of Dawson's Creek and uh, spending, actually, frankly, it probably was a blessing in disguise in a lot of ways, spending a lot of time on my academics when I might not have otherwise and ended up immersing myself in research and stuff. So it wasn't a total loss, but it was very challenging mentally to lose a huge piece of who I believed I was at the time. So coming from somebody who I have an eating disorder, that is one of the first things they ask you um, when you get diagnosed with one is bone construction. And because your body's not receiving enough calories, your bones, you know, something happens with your bones. Um, so that was one of the first things they would ask me was, did you lose your period? Have you broke any bones in your body? Because that is such a huge thing for endurance athletes to not be eating enough calories. Wow. So yes, it is a, I have never broken a bone, a knock on wood. Um, but yes, that is a huge part of the female anatomy and eating. Well, well yeah. con continue, Jess, please, to be a healthy runner. I mean, that's all because I got. We, I we, mean. we joke, we jest, we're, we're just having fun over yeah, here. Yeah, no, I don't, it's, uh... it's, you know, to eat a bag of M&Ms is a huge thing in the world of Jess. So, uh -huh. you know, we celebrate those things. So what you're doing is very good. So you keep on rocking. <laughs> Thank what? you. I mean, I will say that uh, body image and being able to feel comfortable in my skin is has been a just a progressive journey. I mean, it's not something that has settled well with me even after I've recovered from that that injury. Um, but I'm I'm starting to learn that my body will settle out to where it needs to be to keep me strong if I fuel it correctly and I'm listening to the right cues. And um, yeah, it's but it is definitely a challenge and was something that took years and years to to really come around to. What were those those early cycling years like? That transition, that that being the runner, that that traumatic kind of event, and then you discover something new. What were those early years? What did, what were they like? It was a mix of joy and excitement from finding something so new and thrilling and also a bit of frustration because I was a beginner again and mm. I was not I was not the best runner in the world I was close to breaking the five minute mile that was sort of my goal and I felt like I should have been stronger on the bike than I was when I first started there were my teammates would put push me up hills like put their hand on my back mm -hmm. and push me while they were riding. <laughs> How could I not push myself up the hill? Uh, so it was, it was an interesting blend of, of positive and negative, I think. But I will say that those early cycling years were spent mostly on the countryside of, of really where unpaved happens. So the mm -hmm. Susquehanna river Valley and it's beautiful out there. I know all of you are, are familiar with that area, but it's hilly. It's, got farmland and and little towns and really was a beautiful area to learn how to love to ride and back then I was a pure roadie so I was terrified of gravel we had most of our routes were all pure gravel um all pure pave 
And except for there might have been like 100 meters of some gravel in a couple sections. And I used to be like, oh, my God, I don't want to get a flat tire. (laughs) (laughs) But I would be terrified. And now I couldn't possibly imagine myself being where I am now back then. But, yeah, those first few years were really just learning to love going fast, way faster than I ever went. Running, which is pretty awesome. How how difficult was it to transition away from something where um, you know you needed a pair of shoes and I guess some other gear, but going from the, the gear required to be a runner to the gear and the bikes and the equipment that's required to be a cyclist that that's a whole nother complexity. It's a whole nother layer of of complexity added to that. Did that contribute to that at all? Yeah, it was, um, (laughs) I had no idea what I was doing, truly. And when you're dealing with club sports, no matter how good anyone in the club is, I mean, it's still a club, so it's not like people, I wasn't funded in any way, so I had to show up and buy my own stuff. Hmm. I bought try shoes because they look cool, but I didn't know that Velcro really wasn't the best option without a tongue in my shoe. It was really not the best option to have. I had... I was a college kid and couldn't afford a ton. So I only had a couple pairs of chamois and I would, I look back and think how disgusting it was, how many times I wore chamois before I washed them. I mean, it was, there was some really terrible uh, habits that I created over that time, but it was definitely shocking to go from, Hey, you only need a pair of shoes to, Oh, you need shoes and a helmet and gloves and special shorts and, yeah, it's pretty and, wild. And, and the bike. I, <laughs> the bike itself. And, well, yes, yeah. and the bike. Yes. <laughs> um, and it's funny, I bought a bike from a, a really big bike shop in Massachusetts. And I told them what size it was. And I went to the shop and they were showing me all these kind of floor models, these nicer bikes they had. And then I told them, I want a nice bike, but I don't want to pay for that amount. I'm a college kid. I really can't afford it. They went into the back of their basement area and they had this dusty old Orbea that had Altegra components on it. It was a super nice bike, but it was from maybe 2005 or something. So it was pretty outdated, they said. Um, but it worked perfectly. And that's the bike I ended up riding for years. I only nice. sold it maybe two years ago to a friend. Uh, yeah. I, I I develop sort of like weird sentimental attachments to my bikes. I still have like yeah, all my bikes from college and it's it's Joey buys and sells bikes like they're like you know like commodities. But well, I, I got a bike shop. It's a little different. Yeah, I, I just have issues. <laughs> we like to count. We like to count our relationships and how many bikes Joey has had. So like we're like, oh, you had this bike and this bike and this bike since we've known each other, and this bike and this bike at our new house. So that Joey is very fluid with his bikes. It's a good measure of, of relationship, I think. Yeah. It's, it's like sure. how, how many new bikes can that relationship stand? And then it's like, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> she has the next new, she has the next new bike coming. It's, it's like there's, yeah. there is a um, like bike to Peloton treadmill yeah. ratio. Yeah, is, exactly. that, is, that, mm. is that how it's going to work here? Okay. I get it. So, <laughs> so you've been, you, you raced road in college and then, um, Eventually, you transitioned to be more of a mountain biker, and yep. you've been racing for a few years. But this, as I understand it, correct me if I'm wrong, this, this is going to be your first year where you're dedicating yourself full-time to bike racing. Is that that's correct? Almost correct. Okay. I, I think to say that I'd be dedicating myself full-time would mean that I, I do nothing else, and I am still working part-time. So I work 
the goal would be 20 to 24 hours a week at my professional uh, engineering job. And then the rest of the time being spent being a professional athlete. Yeah. Okay. So it was like you went from being like full-time engineer, Mm part-time bike professional to more of a full-time bike professional, part-time engineer. That kind of like, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but, but over those last three years, I, I, I look through your, the list on the website. You've got a pretty impressive resume of wins and places over the last three years or so, including what in, in our eyes is like the, the premier thing is the defending three-time champion of unpaved. All of that while you've been working that full-time, that, that's some serious work-life balance trickery. Yes. How did you pull that off? <laughs> How did you do that? <laughs> um, the key word there is trickery. So um, the the answer to how did I how did that work is not well. So on the surface, it I made it appear like things were going really well, that I was handling it well, that I knew how to multitask and keep things in order. And the reality is that I was in panic mode for the past very much so the past year, but there were phases of panic mode throughout the past three, four years. This will be my fifth season racing at the elite level, I believe. And it was a challenge to juggle both of them at the same time. So my job and racing, and I would kind of squeeze in the training and the racing whenever I could. Unfortunately though, one or the other would always suffer. Mm. So I would either be coming home from a race and exhausted, and then I'd be a zombie at work and I'd be behind on things. And I'd have to use the excuse, sorry, I raced this weekend. I'm really tired. I'll be fine. I'll be, I'll get back on top of all those things I'm late on. Or the alternative is I completely destroyed that workout, you know, did terrible in my workout, couldn't hit my power numbers because I was so stressed and so exhausted from a really hard work day. And so I could never really show up fully to either one of those commitments. And yeah, it was, it was pretty challenging, uh, but I made it work somehow. I pushed my way through. Wow. <laughs> I think, I think one of the interesting things that I learned is that uh, we tend to think that, well, I shouldn't say we, I tend to, and I, I know I'm not alone in this, but I tend to believe that if it's not really difficult, then it's not worth doing. So the path more challenging oh, is the yeah. path worth worth taking. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and um, so th- that's how I've always lived is, you know, oh, well, I'm suffering. So that must mean something meaningful. And it wasn't until really things started becoming real when I uh, kind of reached a new height last year with my racing that I realized that maybe there's something there that I should tap into and slow down a little bit so that I can potentially speed up in my racing. Okay. That, that, that actually, I mean, and that kind of lends itself into the next, I mean, the decision to go full time, how, how tough was that to actually, or, or was it, it sounds like it it was a natural kind of like, this is where I'm at. And it, it almost like a decision may have made itself as opposed to having to make the decision, but how did Yeah. It- uh, so I was sitting in my Airbnb talking to my sports psychologist after a serious breakdown the day before the world championships last year. And I had told her that I felt like I wasn't worthy of the experience and whatnot. And, and then we, we had this moment where I 
realized that I had worked so hard to where to be where I was at the time, which was I qualified as I was the only U.S. female at the World Championships, and it was a huge deal. And then realized that I was probably the only female at all at the World Championships who had a full time job, and that alone is an achievement. In in what I realized is that I probably had more to give than what I was showing up for on the day for that race. Mm-hmm. And I made a stake in the ground that day that was, I want to try to make this work. I want to try to see what I'm capable of because I'm, I don't see myself as a remarkable person in any way. I mean, I, I've been athletic throughout my life, but I've worked hard for what I've achieved. I don't feel like I have this natural born talent for cycling. I mean, it kind of found me and I believe that I have something to give if I can put in the work for it. And I really wanted, I'm at the age now, I mean, in my early thirties, this is, this is the time to try. Mm. And I had the opportunity to do it. So I, yeah, it was, it was a tough decision though, because financially it going to part-time, I work as an engineer, you know, I make a decent living and going part-time is a big hit. And so there's Mm. a lot more, I have to be more strategic about how I live my life every day and what I choose to spend my money on and my time on. So it wasn't without a lot of planning and a lot of discussion and pros and cons lists and all this, all the kind of things you might expect an engineer might go through to make decisions. (laughs) Wow. I, 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 it's fascinating to me and I, I'm, I'm picking up on some of the the things and and I'm going to rec, I'm going to stop and recommend that everybody visit your website. Um, and, and actually read through your blog. I, I found it just, it was fascinating to read through. And, and now the opportunity to get to talk to you about some of those things that I saw. Thank you for that. Um, you've been very transparent about your struggles with depression and anxiety. Um, and, and on the website, you can see that, that that's resulted in a commitment to mental health advocacy and, and helping to end this mental health stigma that we seem to, our society seems to suffer with. And that's, in, that's really important work that you're doing. How have you blended what you're doing at Kelcat Racing with that work? That's a great question. Um, I, when, the, so it's funny, um, the blog post, I wrote a blog post in 2020. It was during the pandemic and I was bored. So mm-hmm. I decided I'd write some blog posts and um, that's where the blog all started. So yes, I totally encourage folks to get out over to my website and, and read my blog. I really enjoy writing. My mom says I'm good at it. So you are very good at it. That must mean something. <laughs> very good at it. <laughs> Maybe only my mom thinks so, but who knows? Um, so <laughs> that's all that's important. That's all that's important. It's actually really all that That's matters. all that I care about. <laughs> um, but but I, I had written about my mental health struggles, and it's weird because I, I don't really remember. It was only two years ago or so, but I don't remember what prompted me to write specifically more about that in particular, but I had written about it in a blog post about my journey becoming an an elite athlete. And so many people reached out to me. I mean, I had people in the grocery stores stopping me and being like, hey, thanks so much. I had a guy stop me on the road in the middle of a Tuesday morning workout telling me that his daughter has depression. And he was so excited to see that someone that he has, you know, he looks up to, he envisions 
being this local community member sharing their story. And it really resonated with people in a way that I had never intended it to. So I kind of fell into this advocacy role, mostly because I realized unintentionally how important it is to share about your your experiences and your journey with mental health. So when that happened, and it was sort of like the big bang, if you will, kind of started this big ripple effect. Initially, I was like, oh, man, I have to do something big with this. You know, I have this power and not power in like a weird way, but I have this platform to be able mm-hmm. to share what I've, you know, keep growing what I've been sharing. And I put this pressure on myself to do something big. So initially, I was like, oh, well, Team Kelcat could do an event or this big fundraiser or start a charity, you know, something. And I put all this pressure on myself to the point where I was paralyzing myself because I was like, I don't have the time for this. I have a full-time job. Mm. Um, So what it's resolved down to is right now, I think in the future, my advocacy will shape into kind of morph into what I feel like aligns well with my goals and my lifestyle and uh, opportunities that present themselves to me. But for now, the form it takes is me being genuine and authentic in my interactions, whether it's in real life where I'm interacting with people at the office or my family or friends, and then also on social media where I'm not always sharing the happy things. Cause on Instagram, you know, a lot of people will just share the good things and the positive things. Cause that's what people want. You know, they think people want to see. And for me, I share when things are going well and when they're not going well so that people know that the journey is an up and down kind of cycle, not just all up. Um, And I make an effort to reach out to friends and family when I notice things seem off with them. Mm. Um, And then also, I just try to be open and give people space to feel like they can be comfortable to talk with me. So being receptive to, I've had a lot of people reach out to me and just open up and share what they've been going through. I'm like this magnet for it, which is, um, I guess that's what happens when you put yourself out into the world. Yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah. So it really, I wouldn't say that there's like this big initiative right now beyond just trying to make space for other people to feel like they can be open and share what they're going through. And then someday it'll grow into something I'm sure. Uh, but the time now is to focus on the racing and training and being authentic and, Whatever happens next will happen when it does. You you mentioned you know that that people share on the social media platforms just the good. It's it's you know the filters. The people are using these filters to make themselves yeah. look better, but it's also they they're applying life filters in social media, and you're not really seeing that that the struggle on the other side of it. And and I would challenge. I I think everybody has been touched in some way. Everybody's lives have been touched in some way through a family member or some personal experience with somebody that struggled with, with some mental health disorders. And we've had this, this like that stigma. It's just been, it, it just compounds the issue. Um, so I, I really, I applaud you just for being authentic and, and being open and transparent and saying, you know what, I can be successful. I can be a successful engineer. I can be a successful professional cyclist. And guess what? I also deal with these things and, and yeah. you know, it's okay. It's, it's just okay. Um, so anyway, uh, and, and if all of that's not enough, (laughs) you've also dedicated to promoting and helping to grow 
women's cycling. Now, I, I feel like the rest of the, the cycling world needs to kind of play catch up to the world of gravel in that regard. Um, I think gravel is one of those disciplines inside the, the cycling world that has really promoted um, and helped and been encouraging to women along the way. Yeah. Um, in your opinion, where is cycling with that effort and, and where do we really need to focus some attention to improve? When you asked me this question, I was like, man, he's, uh, he's digging deep here for the, for this. I, I, I like this question a lot and I think there's a lot we could talk about. Um, and we could probably have a whole podcast we, just dedicated to this. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, in general, where are we? We're on the upswing, meaning that mm-hmm. there's there has been improvement to your point. And I agree that with gravel, I think there's probably they're ahead of the game. Um, it's like the hipster of the women's cycling world, if you will. So they, I like they were that. introducing women uh, into the sport before it was cool. Yeah. Um, and I think actually probably part of the reason for that is I think gravel is just in general less pretentious discipline and less barrier to entry because there's no licensing there's no point systems or categories let's and, keep it that way you know, let's keep it that yeah way. i <laughs> i fully agree i think there's it's like the the cowboy feel of racing and and honestly for for discipline to be all-encompassing so that it can mean something different to everyone and not just this one track sort of we're racing to win and it's not there's no real other point to doing it i think it's really special in that way. And so uh, for overall, where are we with cycling? I think there's still a lot to go, but I think one of the things in my mind, there's sort of two pieces to ways that we can work to improve. I think one of them is just education in general, where there's gravel as a discipline could feel intimidating on the surface, right? It's dirt roads. There's Mm. less traction maybe or whatever one might think. Um, But it's a, it's a sport that is really welcoming and can be an opportunity to have really authentic engagement with the community because it's more of a grassroots feel. Mm -hmm. And so I think if, if folks can understand and learn a little bit about what is gravel, what kind of bike do you need? And the reality is it's not like mountain biking where you need all those fancy bikes. Like you could take a, you could take many different bikes out on a gravel road and have a good time and enjoy it. So there's that barrier to entry is lower for gravel, which is great because I think there are a lot of women who have bikes, maybe friends or family or spouses have bought them bikes, but they never use it because they're afraid of roads, for example, or they're, they don't have the time. And I think there's, a way to educate people to understand that, you know, biking doesn't have to take one particular form for you to be able to do it and enjoy it. Um, so I think that's one piece. And then the other is access. I mean, uh, having a bike is obviously we talked about that earlier. Mm-hmm. It's a piece of equipment, right? Having a helmet, having shoes. Um, and I think if there, there were ways to enable easier access to the sport for women um, because you know, I think, and I, I don't know exactly what it would look like, but is it events where not only do we encourage women to show up, but we bring a fleet of bikes that women can use so mm-hmm. that they, all they have to do is show up. 
because I think there's there are a lot of events out there right now that that's say, a great idea. We're we're saving, yeah. you know, we're saving a hundred, you know, fifty percent of our spots for women. Well, the women have to have bikes first and really know about what this biking event is before they could even show up. Right. And um, I, I think people can have fun on shorter events if. They, I mean, if someone's not comfortable sitting on a bike for 50 miles, then the event can be intimidating in its own way. But I think shorter events, maybe more intro style where the bike is there waiting for you. So you just have to show up and be open to a fun day on the bike, right? A fun experience. That feels like another way to get more people excited about it. And even telling women there's options if you don't feel comfortable on a saddle. Like there's different saddles you can look at and there's different things you can wear that will make this more comfortable and all those other things that people sometimes know on the inside, but they don't like share outside, you know, like yeah, those little things that women have to do that are different on a bike than men have to do on a bike. Um, I just started wearing chamois butter, you know, so these are all things that we should be telling them about or telling yes. women who don't know about what we do to stay comfortable on a bike. An education thing. Yeah. Like, I mean, thing. yeah, I mean, and you can have the best saddle for whatever reason, but if your fitting is not appropriate, you're going to feel uncomfortable on it. So yep. it's really about telling people about all these things that other athletes do to stay comfortable and do take care of their equipment with. And Jess, we, right. we, we talked about this when we had Jason from gravel worlds on and, you know, they've got a big push for to have a lot of women restaurants, but it was also, you know, it was this concept and this idea of, you know, you don't have to do the longest distance of yeah, an event exactly. yep. to celebrate yep. The, yep. the, the finish, mm, you know, yep. you know, come do the 25, come do the 30, and guess what? We're going to celebrate that. You're going to, you know, we're, we're going to have fun. The finish is going to be a party and you're a part of that. And you did that thing. And even if you didn't finish. Yeah. And I cannot tell you how many people when you cross that finish line, they're like, I only did the 20. Yeah, you did a 20. That's a lot of miles on a bike. Like you should celebrate <laughs> that. Like I can't tell you how many people I hear. I mean, even at running events, they're like, I only did the half marathon. Well, running 13 miles is a lot and you should be proud of that. So, you know, and mostly it comes from women. So I think that celebrating small successes, just getting up in the morning and sitting on your bike is a success. And we need to celebrate all of those things. Is that a that's a self-talk thing. It isn't is. A, it? it is. We practice lots of self-talk in this house. We do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, I I love that. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> and um, I totally agree with everything you said. I think that um, me being an advocate for mental health is appropriate, um, but I don't think it's truly impacted Joey as much as it has in his life. So Joey not having mental health disorder or mental health illness. Um, or a mental health celebration, however we look at it. Um, Joey, being a significant other, somebody who has one, is probably one of the hardest things. I, I did hear him over there when he was doing the dishes just a few minutes ago. He was self-talking himself. Oh, he was. And talking he was about like, how he was scrubbing them like, dishes. I, she woke me up at 1.30 having a panic attack again. Like, you uh, know. I didn't say it like that. Yeah, I know. Maybe I did, but... <laughs> Yeah, eye, but Joey, you know, Joey, that's a first eye look into what, yeah. you know, somebody yeah. deals with every single day. So I, thank you, Joey. Let's oh. let's lighten the mood a little bit. Um, <laughs> that wasn't a bad mood. No, no, no. I want, I want to talk about, Kelly, what's your race schedule looking like for 2022? And how does that even evolve as, as from, you know, because you're our first professional racer. So we don't really understand how, how do I, how does that come about? 
good question. So this is a process that I think has evolved over time for me as well. For for this year and sort of last year, I started the race selection process first by defining what my goals were for the season. So rather than saying, these are all the races I want to do or the events that I'm interested in, I, I mean, I did, granted, I did make this, being an engineer, I, I make a lot of spreadsheets. So I did have this spreadsheet, oh, this boy. big calendar of all the potential events. And it's super intimidating. And there's a bunch on all the same weekend. And it's so tough to pick. So I went back and I said, okay, wait a second. What are my major goals for the season? And then let me narrow down my race list based on those goal posts. So what's going to fit within that, that helped me achieve those goals. And that led me to have sort of a, I think there's five cornerstone races, if you will, in my, my calendar that I feel like are a good mix of what I'm looking for, both because I want to enjoy the season. I want to do events that are fun for me and good experiences. And I also have the goal of going back to the world championships, qualifying and being able to represent the U S again at the world championships this year. So that was another goal for me, which means there are certain races I have to do to be able to keep my standing with the, the UCI, uh, the international cycling organization that governs and sanctions the bigger races. Um, so the process is pretty crazy. There's all these different calendars you can look at and what races are sanctioned and what aren't. I won't go into all the details because it'll bore you all to death. Um, but the race selection does follow a pretty strategic process with where's my downtime going to be? How are my training blocks going to be lined up? When can I take time to go just enjoy a weekend of riding mountain biking up in Vermont? Um, or I'm going to do a training camp in, in March in Tennessee. So there's places that you know I want to fit in some of those things that are not necessarily race oriented, but still really important to me what what are those uh, those cornerstones that you, you yeah. mentioned some cornerstone events yeah so the first one for me is i'm going to go out to prescott arizona for the whiskey off-road and it's in uh it's late april and it's part of it used to be part of a larger series and super super fun event i think it's 50 miles i can't remember i don't know all the distances of all my races but my mountain bike races are all typically marathon. So they're, they're usually 35 to a hundred miles depending on the race. And um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty cool. So the whiskey off road, I really enjoy. It's a great atmosphere and the community is really awesome out in Prescott. And then in June, I'll be headed out to Poland for a marathon mountain bike race. And yeah, that'll be fun. It'll be my first time in Poland. I've only raced in Europe twice, and that was last year. So I raced in France and Italy. And this year, Poland's on the list, another fun place to explore. And then in August, I'll be racing, hopefully, at the Pan American uh, Marathon Championships, Marathon uh, Mountain Biking. And that's in Brazil. And then hopefully World Championships, Marathon Mountain Bike World Championships in Denmark. That's in September. And then, of course, I'm wrapping up the season again with Unpaved. Because it's my, uh, still, every year, it's my favorite race weekend of the year. It's special, isn't it? it it's it, very special. It really it, it really yeah. is. We Dave puts on a great show. There's no doubt about that. No yes. doubt about that. So 
we we will be there. I I think we committed last year to volunteering. At least I did. I think Joe, you did too, didn't you? Did as soon as I crossed the finish line. Yeah, <laughs> I, I actually crossed the finish line and said, "Dave, you're not my friend anymore." <laughs> Did uh, did you do the? I I heard Joey. Was it you or Brian who did the difference? Oh, not me. No, this year. I was. I, I, did, I the, did it. The I ninety. Did it. <laughs> I did it. I I suffered through, and I can see where those mountain bike skills. I mean, Brian lacks those. I I do. I lack those. <laughs> I, I lack those. But I what I lack in in skills in that regard, I make up for in being a hardhead and yep. being just a little diesel truck and just keep going, no matter whatever comes with me. So. Hey, you know, you got to take advantage of your strengths, whatever it is. <laughs> whatever they are. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We haven't talked at all about sponsors. Yeah. Um, and and you, this doesn't happen alone. I know that it, it doesn't happen alone. So who have you got in your camp? Yeah. So for 2022, I've got a couple new sponsors and a couple uh, sponsors who have been around for a while. The title sponsor for Team Calcat for the third year in a row, I believe, maybe it's the fourth. Gosh, it's really bad. I'm losing track of time. Is Seven Cycles? So they're they're a manufacturer, a bike manufacturer that's based out of Watertown, Massachusetts, and they make custom bikes, mostly titanium, some carbon integrated frames, and they're just a dream. Um, I I love riding my Seven bikes, and I. It, I have four of them and they all have different purposes and I just love them so much. Um, and that's actually where Team Kelcat, the name Kelcat came from. So the full suspension bike that they made for me, it was the first bike that they had made for me. And it's uh, it's a f- full suspension version of a, a trail bike that they had launched the year that I joined them. Um, and it's called the Kelcat. So that's where the, the Team Kelcat came from. And seven... But I'm going to put a little plug in here. If it's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then I'll and then I'll mention the other sponsors after. They're all very important and uh, great partners to work with. Uh, Seven Cycles is doing because they recognize that the jump to part-time work and full-time athlete is a does present a financial strain for for me and um, for our team. So they have committed to doing a fundraiser for Team Calcat, and what they are offering is. A, they're going to essentially be raffling off a custom seven bike, any model that the winner chooses. And so, well, except some exceptions, no tandem or fat bike, I believe, are the two that they aren't going to offer. Um, but otherwise, it could be full suspension, hardtail, gravel, cyclocross, whatever you could dream up based on what they make um, and more. They're, they're super crafty and super innovative. So they're going to do a custom bike and it comes with a custom color alloy set of industry nine wheels and a set of Victoria tires. So we're going to be launching that in the next few days, actually. So, it, so I, I well, go for it. No, it's, it's a fundraiser that that's going to support the team. That is that correct? Yes. That's awesome. That is, that is really cool. cool. Yeah. What a, yeah. what an innovative way to just, you know, for them to say, okay, here's our name, you know, we'll give you gear. But in addition to that, they're finding a way to actually get you, you know, some operating capital, which is <laughs> incredibly important in addition. I mean, because that, that list of all those races, there's a lot of travel in there. Poland, Denmark. It's, yep. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's cool. Yep. That is that is that is awesome that they're they're going. Sounds like they're going a little bit of an extra mile. And you've had some some seven bikes that have been named after yeah. you or, or along the lines. 
What, what? Yeah, so the four bikes that they've given me are race-optimized versions of bikes that they've either had or they launched because of, or around the time when I joined them. Um, so the Kelcat is Kelly Catali, so it's the, the combination of my name. That's the full suspension race bike. And then there's the Kel Country, which is a, a hardtail mountain bike. And then the Kel Cross is a gravel slash cyclocross bike. So that's the bike that I race on for unpaved. So okay. any gravel riding or road riding, it's actually, admittedly, it's the bike I spend the most time on is mm. my road bike slash gravel bike. Um, Cause it's just it, getting to trails isn't always the easiest. And so it's my way of getting out to the gravel roads is actually just as good for getting a good workout in. Cool. And then the Kel Cruise is a super fast cyclocross race bike, which I, I just absolutely love that bike. Uh, all of them are, I can't call any my favorite because I love them all very much. But yes, they've all been named after me, which is, I sometimes have to pinch myself. It's like living the dream <laughs> that I, I feel like I don't deserve. So that self-talk that uh, you deserve this kind of thing, I have to practice that regularly because it is definitely, uh, imposter syndrome is real yeah. when it comes to thinking about bikes named after me, for sure. That is, that is really neat, though. That is, that is a super cool thing. Um, so who else is in the sponsor camp besides Seven? Yeah, so this year I signed on with Volley Apparel. So they are based out in California, U.S. made, and um, they're awesome. I'm super excited. I have a new kit design this year, and it is very, very awesome looking. Nice. I cannot wait. Yeah, um, so I'll be with them. And then Industry 9, I've been with them for a couple of years now. And so they make awesome wheels, like top-of-the-line yeah. wheels, really, really fantastic. And they do custom colors, so I have all these fancy colored wheels for – we have a bunch of wheel sets downstairs, and I'm like, oh, can you give me the one with the – because my husband does all the mechanic stuff on my bike. So I'm like, oh, can you give me the one with the five different colors, the purple and the pink? And he's like, oh, yeah, that one. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we will sometimes uh, mix and match with those wheels. They're really I – lo I love Industry 9 wheels. And then – Vittoria Tires and Flow Formulas. So they Flow Formulas makes a an awesome drink mix that I use. It's a high carb drink mix. So it's actually my primary fuel source when I'm racing and, and doing really hard training. Um, so I don't have to worry about opening packages or dropping. I am known to drop my snacks while I'm eating. Oh. So I have I've dropped bananas and then ridden over them. So I can't even salvage them. I've dropped pop tarts and all kinds of stuff. And Flow Formulas is great. I just mix it in my bottles before my ride, and then I don't have to worry about it opening anything. So, so um, if Joey was behind you, Joey would actually pick those up and eat them because <laughs> 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 Joey's been known at um, uh, at the time was Dirty Kanza to uh, oh. just grab some goo packets off the ground and. I mean, I, trash I, everywhere. Just, there's trash everywhere. He came everywhere. home with more food he left with. Like, <laughs> we had so many bottles and we're like, hey, look, I found this one. Like, oh, great. I'm sorry. I, I interrupted your your sponsor. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> you're right, hey, you're right I get it. <laughs> I think it's, you know, whatever way you got to gotta keep yourself fueled, even if that's taking road snacks off the road it, it, yeah. you do you joey trash bin trash bin <laughs> they were all yeah. sealed up it wasn't like <laughs> someone's peanut butter and jelly in a ziploc <laughs> uh. um and then the the last three i'll round it out quickly is uh gold metal cbd so i use their products particularly to help me sleep 
And then Ride Headquarters and Ride Studio, they're bike shops that are associated with Seven Cycles. So they're like their their flagship stores, if you will, and they're um, really awesome to work with and have been great locally. And then Sock Guy. So I'm partnering with Sock Guy mm. this year, making a new pair of socks because I love fancy socks. So yeah, those are my sponsors. So how if you want to send me links to all those folks, I, I want to actually sure. make sure to get them into the show notes so that you know people can find and follow up with those. And and how can everyday folks follow you or even support you in the work that you're doing as well as in the racing? Yeah. So. Um, I guess I'll start with following and then I'll talk about supporting. So following me, Instagram, I'm at Kelly Docatali and then Facebook. I have a Facebook. Um, you can find me Kelly Catali. It's everything on Facebook is just copied over from Instagram. I don't, I don't like do anything extra on Facebook. And then I also have a website, which we've already mentioned. And the website is pretty static. I don't do a ton of updates to that except for, the blog. I do encourage folks if you want to follow along. I try to do a race recap for all my big races, and I also know I did not do a race cap for Unpaved yet. But I'm okay. actually, I am actually drafting one, and we'll be probably putting it out in the next couple of weeks. I know it's late, but I make the rules because it's my blog. So there it is. <laughs> we, we say that about the podcast all the time. It's like, well, we do what we want because it's our podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what? So I know it's been in in, and this isn't in the show notes, but. Um, the segment racing that Dave's doing it on paid. What are your thoughts on that? I know it's been sort of getting a little bit of attention in, in media of late. Oh man, I love segment racing. I was the first year. So last year was the first year for segment racing and I was super intimidated by it because I don't know, it adds an element of something I'm not comfortable with. I'd rather just hammer for 120 something miles and know where I'm at at the end rather than being like, Oh, I have to keep track or whatever. But I ended up, taking advantage of a weird situation, an uncomfortable situation and making it even more uncomfortable the first year. And I invited the two girls that I thought would be based on previous performances, thought would be my, my top contenders and asked them to race with me. So I said, Hey, do you guys just want to spend the day together? And we'll, you know, when we get to the segments, we'll race and then we'll regroup and then ride together. And this in 2020, when we did that, it was, so amazing. So it was me, Haley Wickstrom, and Vicki Barclay. The three of us rode together, and it was so wonderful. We were talked about work. We talked about life. We talked about politics. And um, and then we raced, and it was super fun, and we pushed each other. I think I, I raced harder that day than I would have if I was just on my own. So I think we, we all collectively made ourselves our, our best version of ourselves during that day, which I think is a really great way to lift each other up. And then uh, last year, I invited them again, and uh, Vicky wasn't able to join, but Haley did, and we ended up doing the same thing. And it was just, it makes for a lot more fun on the bike to be able to spend it with other folks. We ended up regrouping with a ton of people throughout the day. And at one point, I was leading a train of like 10 people. I was doing just like tempo pace, and all these people are behind me hanging out. And I was like, join the train. So we had, I mean, segment racing adds an element of community and really togetherness for the whole experience for everyone, rather than just, you know, the, the top contenders are out at the front and you never see anyone else. Right. Yeah. And it just kind of is a lot less fun. So yeah, segment racing, two thumbs up. I know you can't see me, but that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Well, it was cool. Up. Like I was at the first rest stop 
and you you pulled in with everyone else and just hung out for a second. You didn't go zipping by. Like it was a time to relax for a minute. Lots of yeah. lots of smiles. Yeah. I remember yeah. seeing just lots of smiles yeah. at at yes. stops as opposed to like this like angst of gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. There was there was a little bit just a different mildly different attitude, I think. And um I, you know, I'm not racing. <laughs> but you could sense <laughs> you could sense the vibe. You know, yes. you, you could feel it. You know, even if you weren't in that mindset, my my objective and my goal for that day was to finish every one of those miles and and i accomplished that so i i met my my objective um so but no matter what somebody's objective is you know there are people that time is is a big measure obviously but you just Mm -hmm. sensed that there was this kind of like a different feel at at some of the stops so that that's an interesting take um so again thank you for joining us and and so joey yeah uh back to the support when you said you were doing sock guy, are you coming out with like your own sock to sell as far yeah, as I support? Uh, oh. Yeah, I do. Well, so I do have socks that I was selling last year. Oh. I mean, um, and I designed a new, a new one that aligns better with my new kit. So oh, the okay. old one matched my old kit better, but um, yeah, I do. So now I have two versions, but the, the fundraiser that seven's doing, we actually, it's a, it, it'll be similar to like a Kickstarter where there's different support levels. And uh, at least one of the support levels will have the socks as one of the incentives. So people will get those socks, the new version um, oh. as part of the, the fundraiser. That's but cool. yeah, I mean, it's funny, uh, sock guy, you have to buy like a certain number of socks. I have this giant box of socks sitting in my, my study. My husband's like, what are we going to do with all these socks? <laughs> <laughs> I should send you guys each a pair. Then you can wear them and enjoy them. Oh, I would. I we we are we are big sock people. Joey Joey particularly. Joey is is very very sock centric. So all right. Well, that's great to hear. I will send you. I will send you socks. I'll have to get info so I can send you guys socks. That would be awesome. Wear them. We will wear them. Show your team Kellcat pride. We will wear them with pride. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So again, though, thanks for, for joining us. It's, this has been a lot of fun. Yeah. And I know yeah. I had, I had a couple more questions in the notes here, but you know, we are, we are way over on our time, but oh God, it's, our, it's our podcast. It's our pod- we make the rules. <laughs> we make like. the rules. Yeah. But it's our time. <laughs> it's, it, you know, so, um, you want, you want to stick around. It's time where we actually turn our attention to our weekly this or that's. And we always invite our guests to join us for this or that's Kelly. Would you like to stick around for that? I sure do. Cool. I really do. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so this will be the order of business. Kelly, you are our guest. I am going to hand it over to you for the answer first. Then Jessica, ladies first. And then I will answer. And then Joey will muck it all up since we don't have Wes to do that anymore. Uh, <laughs> first item up on this week's this or that. A technical mountain biking adventure on a gravel bike or riding an endurance gravel event on a mountain bike. Does that so make is sense? This, yes. So is it adventure is the first part, but a, like more of a race or event as the um, second option? Let's just, let's just leave it as doing some technical mountain biking on a gravel bike or riding a longer endurance gravel ride on a mountain bike. Oh, man. Technical mountain biking on a gravel bike. I actually do that. My husband okay. and I will go out and ride technical stuff on our gravel bikes just for fun. So, 
it's a blast. Jess? Um, I do none of those things. Um, <laughs> particular because I'm terrible by candling skills and I'm usually like in the middle of the road by myself and then I'm usually like talking to somebody and then I'm usually like Joey's yelling at me. So it's a, a very complex situation. So I was going to say that one of the things that, that, that we enjoy about taking Jess out with, with the gravel bike is there's no yellow line for her to be on yes, the other side. Yes. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't think rules. I, I don't know. I don't know. So you're going to pass on this one? No, no. I'm going to pick one because it's the spirit of the game. Okay. But I'm going to do, I've never ridden a mountain bike. Oh, really? So I feel like, right, Joey? I've never ridden a mountain bike. Nope. Never ridden a mountain bike. Okay. Joey says so. Um, so I'll do the <laughs> mountain bike on a gravel one because I want to learn how to ride a mountain bike. Cool. Well, you yeah, it could be your thing. It could. Who knows? Who knows? And then then you would be buying multiple bikes over and over exactly. and over again. And, and then would I would have. Joey. I would need. I wouldn't need a triathlon bike. You know, my bikes would all have to be rearranged in the room. So. Uh. I, I gave up on any technical mountain biking a long time ago. My my gimpy hands don't like that anymore. So I, I think I would go with an endurance gravel event on a mountain bike. That would be my choice. Joey? I love doing the mountain biking on the gravel bike. Yeah. It's so much fun to go to a trail and then people look at you. Yeah. Not not because it's just fun. It's a different aspect. I mean, I used to mountain bike all the time. I mean, it's yeah, you were, so you at a certain point, that, yeah. it's like... You could do the trail on that a million times, or you could change it. Or we used to do, me and Austin used to do it at night a lot. I guess it brings a whole Night riding on a gravel bike on mountain bike trails is just it fun. It breathes new life into a mountain bike trail system that you, you may can actually laugh ride a, a lot. More, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. You enjoy it. I really like the same old thing. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I know I have OCD. I know it is diagnosed. However, I like doing the same thing every day. Yeah. Like, I don't like new things. I really like a schedule. Like, I don't like... Like I don't oh. like elements of surprises. We have taken you to the lake on your salsa. You've done like a mile. Oh yes, we, we I will did announce do a mile. that we get, we'll give Jess a mile. Okay. Yes, oh, I did good. do that. But I don't like new things. I don't like I like knowing exactly what's going on. I like knowing exactly where we turn. Like same things. Same things over and over. I, you know, there's there's something good about that. It's familiar. I the familiar ate the same is... breakfast since I met Joey. <laughs> Just saying. I, I, I can bear witness to that. I cook it for every day. I, Jess, I feel like I need to make it my personal mission to teach you how to mountain bike so that I, I can break. I'm ready. The, I'm I will. Ready. I will bring home whatever mountain bike you I'm want. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm going to cat camp. Um, I know that falls in line with your Kelly cat telly, so I'm going to cat camp. Um, Which is a real thing. It's a real thing. I'm yep. going. The little cat. I'm very tell. nervous. I'm very. I don't like doing new things. I don't like new people. I'm very nervous. I'm stroking myself as I talk about this because it's very concerning to me that my husband won't be there you with are, me. So. She, is, she is like seriously <laughs> like the nerves. I can actually I don't like see it. <laughs> okay, second item on this week's this or that: Panera or Subway? Panera every day. Oh, really? Actually, no, tr- no, no. Even thought process given. No thought. No thought process. I um, when we travel, so and my husband and I travel a lot. He goes with me everywhere, all of our trips. Um, we will stop. We know what to expect at Panera. It's mm. decent enough, and we get so to Jess's point. I get the same exact thing when I go to Panera every <laughs> single time, and my husband gets the same thing when he goes too. And we just know it's going to be the same every time we go, and it's great. Consistency, key to life. Yeah, 
Jess? Yeah. Um, consistency is the key to life. Um, and <laughs> um, I also thoroughly enjoy Panera. However, my students like Subway. So recently I door dashed Subway for them and they thought it was like the coolest thing ever. Okay. So um, I like Panera though. Okay. I like the cookies. Well, I was I was mm. writing the show notes today sitting in Panera. That's my, like my office, the second office. I'm the guy that sits at the corner of Panera for like two you hours. You go to the library? No. <laughs> Sit in the corner <laughs> of Panera. And sometimes they even give me my iced tea. I don't even have to like they, – they know me there. So um, I, I, I have not <laughs> – the Panera – the food choices at Panera, I haven't found something that really speaks to me yet. But Subway – like you say, that consistency, and it's right next to the shop. So I'm going to go with Panera is a place to hang out. Subway is a place to get something to eat. Joey? Oh, Panera. Panera? I mean, we used to go to Panera. All the, I mean, it was really close to our old house in the Eastern Shore. So I'm the oddball out. I love I mean, you get a nice broccoli cheddar soup and a bread bowl I, I or just, a baguette I, with a nice sandwich. I think I just need to figure out what the right thing is. I haven't found it. Uh, the nice old lady next door brought us over some fresh broccoli cheddar, broccoli soup. cheddar soup because Joey always goes over and snow plows her car. Mm-hmm. So she brought over some. It was still warm when she brought over the mason jar. It was right. it was pretty cool. Panera. Oh. And I work next door to a subway. My store is. So that's, yeah, you probably get way too much subway. Yeah. Um, Brian, yeah. I don't know what your food price references are but um i've heard they have a, a mean mac and cheese yes. grilled cheese sandwich yes. <laughs> I, I should probably explore that it'd probably be soft nice on my palate with too. no tea third item on this week's this or that kelly seven or eight? Oh, seven for sure that was an easy one. That was, That's an easy one. That was a softball. Jess? Um, <laughs> my birthday is in July, so I prefer the number seven. And I actually really like making math problems that have seven and 11 in it because it's my birthday. And then my kids goes, oh, here's another birthday problem. <laughs> like, this is not <laughs> exciting for them at all. <laughs> to me, I think it's the coolest thing. I, I will also go with seven because I'm a July baby, too. So just a few years earlier. But Joey? Uh, seven, eight, nine. Seven, eight, nine, and ten. Joey no, made seven, a eight, joke. nine. Right. Never mind. Yeah. Okay. Seven. <laughs> you got, okay. We all chose all seven. seven yeah. Yes, that's what we were supposed to I do. Got, here. I got the joke, Joey. I got it. <laughs> uh, last item on this week's this or that: spring or fall. Oh, definitely fall. I love foliage. I love hmm. being out in the outside and like the colors are bursting. And unpaved is around the time too. Hmm. It's in in the fall. So I mean, truly, it's the best season. Jess? I don't actually know. Got to think about it? I gotta, I th- I'm probably going to say fall. I like the – Joey likes looking at the foliage when we drive <laughs> places. <laughs> he always comments like, oh, the trees are so pretty. Let me sip and take a picture of this tree. Like Joey's like loves taking pictures of trees. The colors in the in the fall yeah, from, a, from a photographer's Joey perspective. Thinks, yeah, yeah, Joey loves color. Joey loves things like that. So I'll, I'll go fall. I, but the, the, the sunsets in the winter are really pretty. Yes. Like they're very pretty around here. Yeah. So I think that's also – but I know winter wasn't an option, so – but okay, <laughs> your turn. It's, it's our podcast. You can do what you want. Yeah. If you want to choose winter, choose winter. Choose winter. For me, it's got to be spring. I like that, like bursting, like you're coming out of that that winter, kind of like the dark and 
all of a sudden there's new grass and things are bright and you're starting to get the warmth in the air and the spring rain, the smell of spring rain. I just always been a spring. It's been my thing. I, I would take that over fall. I just feel like fall. I mean, I get it. It's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely gorgeous. The colors, the changes, all of that's taking place. The crisp air. I get it. But spring for me. Joey? Well, obviously, you guys know I like fall. He likes the trees and the it's, foliage. It's pretty. Do you like the I pretty mean, colors? For fall for me, working in the bike industry and in the outdoor industry, it's like you usually get your first breath of like finally get to slow down. Mm. So that's peaceful. The foliage is pretty. Yeah, I do a little more trout fishing. Like unpaved was a good example. Like I think if like with the little bit of fog, overcast, whatever we had, like everything was so much brighter mm-hmm. going through the through the roads. It was so pretty. Like I, the yellows were more yellow, the oranges were more orange. It yeah. was it, it's that those I, I've noticed now. I've noticed in your a little more aesthetically pleasing than green. In your photography, green. you 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 have you tend to go to the little to more a darker with some some color pop. Yeah, and and that seems to lend itself very well. Fall riding is the best. Yeah, I'm in the best shape of the year. <laughs> ah, so it's yeah. nice to go, like I can go out and ride 100 miles with not springtime. That's a struggle. Yeah, but fall I'm usually just conditioned. I guess I was the oddball out. I went with subway and I went with spring, and everybody else went a different direction. But we there all agreed. Nothing, like, we all not, agreed on seven. Yes. Seven. Seven. That's right. <laughs> I used to do it all the time in East. Like. You do a nice long fall ride and go. <laughs> I used to meet Jess at Panera for dinner <laughs> all the time, all the time. It's like, weird you said time. this too. Yeah, it's nice. Oh, maybe maybe that. I maybe I spend too much time in Panera working. I mean, I really do. I yeah. will literally go. I was in Panera for like two and a half hours today because it's Jeez. just it's kind of like an office. I don't even use their Wi Fi. I actually link to my phone. I don't even. It's just the, the, the environment. Don't you like is, being home in your sweatpants? No, I like to get out. I mean, I. It, when you work from home, it's hard. I like to get out and be around people. Oh, COVID was really hard in that respect. You can work at my so. store. I like to be with my dog. If you had a coffee table, I would maybe <laughs> jump on that. Okay. Anybody got anything, including you, Kelly, anybody, but anything else before we shut this thing down that we missed that you want to throw out there? Um, I'm ready. I want to do it. I've been, I've been waiting to ask this. Okay. Well, I've been waiting to say this. Okay, go for it. So I've been waiting, ready? So Kelly, like all the people who have been doing like, like the two people who broke the marathon record this year were people in their 37s, you know, left their full-time jobs, went back into the industry. Like I'm rooting for you, friends. Like I'm like, you know, cool. Sarah Hall did the same thing. You know, she gave up running and came back and the other marathon world record, she had a full-time job and she left it and went back to running. So I'm super excited to see your journey unfold this year. Thank you. That yeah. is super kind. Yeah, this is a, I know, I recognize this is a big opportunity and it's actually really scary because I now am relieving myself of excuses. So, yeah, I mean, I know, do you like, sleep better? I, like, I mean, you probably, like working full time and being a full time athlete, like there's, there's not enough hours in the day. And the only thing that usually hits me the most is sleep. Um, yes. So I hope you are sleeping better. I am sleeping so much better. Good. I'm noticing some big changes just like mentally. I can handle stress at work more yeah. because yeah. I'm not so overwhelmed yeah. with exhaustion. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. I'm ready. Well, I'm ready you. to see it, friend. I thought when you said you had something you wanted to say, I thought it was going to be about my use of porta potties. Oh my God. Who told <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Who told 
I didn't say anything. Uh, you said I listened. I listened to the podcast. Oh my god! You said I'm you saw me coming out of the porta potty. Well, we were kind of like I was fangirling, and Joey was like, and I said I was like, I can't, I can't be a pro athlete because I won't use a porta potty. Like it's scared, and I'm looking at these two right now, and they're cracking up. Well, I'm, I crack up because you say porter potty. You don't yeah, say porta potty. potty. You say porter like Jerry Porter potty. Yeah, but like she like put on her kit in the bathroom and everything like that. Where like I was like in the in the parking lot naked because I will not use one of those. But well, you, you know what? That, that's it. We we've talked about this before. Why are you laughing, Joey? Because I saw her. Remember, we're like, oh my god, that's why I can't be a pro cyclist because I won't use the porter potty. <laughs> and then I was like agonizing with myself, like, just use it, Jess. You can do it. Just stand there, like you got this. And I couldn't do it. Well, they're so small, they're so tight, and and women have to like we've talked about this. You've talked about this with kits. It's like you mm. basically have to totally undress yeah. with. But the my way husband, were- like, we goes on hikes, and he's like, oh, "I wonder what porta potty this is. Like, I wonder if it's clean. Like, it's not fun as it is for Joey." <laughs> I used the bathroom on the side of ninety five one day. Like, <laughs> I drove thirteen hours. I had to. Like, I'm not stopping. Yeah. Oh, what are you gonna, you gonna do? What Thanks. You now that do. I'm crying, but yes, that was hilarious. But yes, I did. Couldn't do it. I, I need to shut this down. <laughs> I really need to shut this down. But before we do that, I want to make sure that everybody remembers that Joey has opened back up the GTD kit store on Cutaway. The link is in uh, Instagram, our Facebook, Instagram uh, profiles. It's everywhere. Just if you can't find it, just message Joey Brian. or <laughs> Jess, I don't respond. Jess is the one that actually everybody talks to. Nobody no, talks not to until us. Friday. I have my application to finish. Please do not. <laughs> I love all of you on Friday. <laughs> so thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of Mid-Atlantic Gravel, Travel, and Dirt. And thank you, Kelly, for joining us. Joey, how can folks get in touch with us if they want to do that? Uh, GravelTravelDirt.com or our Instagram is at MidAtlanticGTD. And Mid-Atlantic Gravel, Travel, and Dirt is recorded this week from right here in Joey's kitchen all the way up to where are you, Kelly, in New England? I am in Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Oh. Thanks for riding along, everybody. Until next time, do good, be nice, go slow, respect others. Love you, bye. Love you, bye. Love you, bye. (laughs) Love you, bye. (laughs) Thank you. It's so awkward when the guest doesn't actually throw the love you, bye at the end. (laughs) I just want to feel like I belong.